you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family... Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. The Around the NFL podcast. Don't know what time it is. Welcome to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast from London. My name is Dan Hansis and I am joined in a arena filled with heroes mark sessler chris wessling and greg rosenthal what is up boys hey dan oh here we are we're at the big o do they call it that they well, do we now do. we're at a big cricket match uh between england and india i don't know if it's actually big because it, do- it doesn't mean anything or the-, the series was clinched but they play anyway well the, the stadium it- is packed out it's it's rich with Cook's tra- last game. It's rich with tradition. We, I mean, let's be honest. So, so the, the the minor breakdown that we got on the way to the stadium was that in, essentially the stakes uh, do not exist because the series ended previously. So it's kind of if the Cavs and Warriors, after the Warriors swept the Cavs, hey, let's get together for game five, and people just don't <laughs> want to go to work, so let's pack out the stadium and enjoy the, the and contest. Yet, and yet the crowd, we asked, and the, the crowd reaction is apparently no different. So it's it's one of many things about the sport that we don't and understand, you know but it is fascinating. I get it. And the, the explanation, Nick Pike from the uh, NFL UK office, he's been very nice. Everyone's been very nice, especially with cricket trying to explain the sport to us, and it's kind of an impossible task. And we're still trying to wrap our head around it. Well, we're but stupid people. It just, yeah, it just seems fun. It just seems fun to get here and sit in the sun. It's about, I would say, right around seventy degrees and sunny. Uh, and then there's a bunch of dudes in white, and we're we're in this, this kind of like a an office um, box right above the field, watching the game right now or the match. So it's a pretty surreal thing, and it's just another uh, a, another great experience for us here in London. Uh, Mark, you are wearing sunglasses. You you are maybe not living your best life right now well, after a after we had a, a a long night last night. We did. I mean, all four of us are wearing sunglasses, so that was one. <laughs> that's one way to describe it. But uh, this this scene is fantastic. I actually would would double back and say the options are two: one, sit in your office at your keyboard and type away, or be here doing this. I don't care if the stakes are low. I would be here. Mm. They serve beer. They serve food. You're with friends. 
There are incredibly attractive people all over the place. Why would you not be in the stadium? There was an extra large gin and tonic stand, like with serious business before 11 a.m., which you just don't see on a, a typical Friday in most places. So what has been we've been in London now for five days. Uh, Wes, what <laughs> is this like near the top for you being at this cricket match in terms of experiences? there I, w- I wouldn't say it's as quite as um it's not making quite as big of an impact on me as the trip down the thames but it's still a beautiful setting you know what i've noticed about london how's that how is it you go out to eight o'clock in the evening and every single person in the city is out drinking like the whole town just gets drunk every night they seem to enjoy their spirits you and, can't uh, find a table lager. Every, it's Standing room only at every pub in town. What's going on here? I mean, we seem to fit in quite well last night with that plan, so I don't know what the <laughs> distinction is here. Um, big show today uh, from England. We we have uh, a few days left here, but also business to tend to on the po- podcast side of things, and that includes, yes, talking about last night's season opener, uh, a sloppy affair between the Atlanta Falcons and the defending Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, so we're going to uh, talk about that game and we're going to go through each of the week one games as we always do, uh, including our, oh yeah, locks of the week. So it's the week one preview show, but let us start with what happened last night in Philadelphia. Second and one, a to his right. Bowles puts Josh Perkins in motion, gives it to a touchdown and their first touchdown of the 2018 season. Yes, the Philadelphia Eagles got off to a very slow start in their title defense, but they turned it on in the end enough for an 18-12 victory over the Atlanta Falcons. You heard there Jay Ajay, the London-born Jay Ajay, scoring both Eagles touchdowns uh, in this game as well as a two-point conversion. And Greg Rosenthal, the Atlanta Falcons, not their best day by any stretch. It was a, a sloppy game on both sides, tons of penalty flags, uh, but Matt Ryan was not uh, his sharp self. And once again, uh, if you're a Falcons fan, you're freaking out because the struggles inside the 10-yard line cost them another game. Yeah, they, I think they got nine points and five trips to the red zone after talking about the red zone problems all offseason. It plays out almost identically to the way that last year's uh, divisional round, wildcard round, playoff ended. And yet those two games were so similar in terms of the score and exactly how it ended with four plays on the 10. And yet there was such a dramatic difference in quality. I mean, like you, there's a difference of like watching a great two good defenses really playing their best uh, as it was, I think, late last season. And the offense is kind of fighting against them, but they're sharp. To this look like, you know, kind of an extended preseason game. I mean, I, I think that's going to be a lot of people's takeaway. I don't know if it's the fact that they're not playing in the preseason, but it, it is what it is. These teams look nothing like they're going to look in December for good or bad. I'm with you. It was an inauspicious start, a bit of an odd game, a duplicate to some degree of last year's uh, showdown. There was that uh, punt return that was miffed when – it, t- it touched uh, essentially an Eagles foot, and it was a turnover that led to a touchdown. I mean, there was Nick Foles. I mean, you want to come out of this saying, oh, let's let's either ignore everything that happened in the preseason with Nick Foles. I think Nick Foles is just simply Nick Foles, and you start to catalog that playoff run as a two- or three-game magical journey that is the outlier of the Nick Foles career at this point. Yeah, I was 
trying to watch. I was watching the game and wondering when the big passing plays were going to come from. And the biggest plays in the game were the Philly Philly, the trick play that they borrowed from the Patriots in the Super Bowl, and then Nelson Aguilar on a reverse third down to convert. So I think, um, yeah, I think the Eagles give them credit, though, for, for the defense – and the running game were there. Wait the a minute. The running game when they imposed their will. Wait a minute. Borrowed from the Patriots? They didn't just that. draw it up in the dirt five minutes later. And, and what, I, what annoys me to some degree is that evidence <laughs> continues to mount <laughs> that the Philly special is one of the biggest plays in NFL history. And the other three gentlemen on this podcast will continue to turn a blind eye to the fact that it is so much bigger than the catch right, from that distant super. Play. I will not Tom calm Brady. down. The Philly Philly was when he dropped. I will the not ball calm down along the sideline. Second of all, and if we do, if you want to bring it up, we have to touch on it again. If you read the wording of your sandwich prop, where you said that you, there would be the greatest, like famous play of all time, you you didn't say one of them. I will not calm down. That is it. So you lost it, and buy those sandwiches. I lost it only because of the viewpoints of the other three people who are shutting me out on this podcast. <laughs> That's how the game works, man. Well, now you're calling every trick play the Philly special. They all are very special, <laughs> and they are operated by Philly. The Philly-Philly play did – it was kind of a turning point for the Eagles because they were not doing anything in this game for, for most of – especially in the first half where Julio Jones, who's the only guy that really did anything, and I know fantasy owners out there um, are probably pretty – annoyed about uh, the production on both sides in this game but uh julio jones outgained the entire eagles offense in the first half uh so they were doing nothing and that play kind of jump-started uh the eagles attack so i don't know i'm kind of with you guys it's it's it was a weird game i don't put a lot into it strangely like i don't think this means that nick Foles is now going to go back to being bad nick Foles. i'd like to see both these teams in week two because it was just strange it was well they're yeah they're, the the eagles offense in general has no explosive element i mean that's what chris was referring to everything was a dink and dunk i don't think that's just nick Foles, but in the end their offensive line won them ga the game their defensive line played pretty well and if matt ryan like if andy dalton had the game that matt ryan had everyone would be just savaging andy dalton i mean matt ryan was very inaccurate he made far more plays than nick Foles, who did nothing he made some really positive plays but he also had you know five or six throws that were just pretty terrible pretty terrible throws that you're not used to seeing out of Matt Ryan. He threw three passes out of the end zone when you have four plays to win the game near the goal line. Like, that's pretty inexcusable. And it's like a Falcons team that you don't want to get too caught up, but at the end of the season, the game might mean something, even though they weren't playing that well. And then more importantly, like, they're just a team that loses games that they should have won. They should have won this game. They, they look like the better team for, for most of the game. One thought I had, like, it. if you're a Patriots fan or if you are the Patriots – do you watch this version of Nick Foles and just wonder what <laughs> on earth happened last February? Because it really was, it really was one or two games where he suddenly jumped into hero mode. But you see this and you're like, how on but earth did we lose to this guy? But I, it's a little bit of a different Eagles offense. It's a different in team. It's a different coordinator. It's different receivers. They are not synced up. And I don't think the Falcons were really too synced up either. Maybe just from not playing in the preseason. I don't know. Like Fletcher Cox was the best player on the field for whatever reason. Eagles. That's your defensive player of the year. Think pick, that is so. my defensive player of the year. So pick. you're gonna Eagles you're gonna players shine that bell all season. I am that that he's a different player this year, which is a, would be amazing considering how good he already was. And for those scoring at home, there were no helmet penalties. 
uh, in the first game of the season. But there was a catch roll fiasco. Yes, <laughs> that a was big, a big play that looked like a catch. Julio Jones, a 55-yarder, it would have been. He juggled it as he went to the sideline. It looked like he gained control. Uh, that was a big play in the game as well. Uh, so the, the Falcons are shooting themselves in the foot. Uh, in these big games, and they have to get out of it. I do. The, I did enjoy that the crowd booed the Eagles off at halftime and at parts of the third quarter. <laughs> I mean, it's, that's, it on was Dan's, three, that's on Dan's radar. It was, a three, uh, it was a three-point game. I mean, it was not a fun game to watch, but I, I, it did not take long for the worm to turn. These lace-curtain <laughs> Eagles fans who have already forgotten <laughs> what it is to be a downtrodden fan. So the Eagles are 1-0, Falcons 0-1. Let us now move into... Uh, the previews of uh, week one. But before we do, let's check in on our cricket matches. Anything happened? Mark? Well, I'm the wrong person to go to. What I see is roughly 50 uh, adult men dressed in white, um, some of them with 50? wooden sticks. Maybe, maybe less than 50. There's well, there's also, th there's also 30,000 people in the stadium, <laughs> some of them the also in white. But there's about 25,000 people here. Uh, it's a beautiful uh, facility. It's a, it's. There's not a bad seat in the house. 173 it, years old. You see the skyline. It's a, it's in a beautiful little neighborhood. I imagine I imagine this is I haven't been to Mark. I know you've been to a Chargers game. I imagine this is what Chargers games look like in Carson, California. It has a similar vibe, except those games would have some sort of stake attached to them if there was a regular <laughs> season affair. <so. laughs> that's that's definitely on your radar. Well, time. listen, I enjoy the leisure. I just view it as a leisure at activity. I think that's, that's let's stop, start and stop there. The and I like that part general. of it. Yeah. I think you have to take this up with the minister of, sm of sport, the prime minister. We're of sport. tight. I could DM her and we can discuss. I think I'll lose the argument. Um, all right. And a little later on, we're going to talk about our experience at Sky Sports uh, on Wednesday. And if you are listening to this show ahead of uh, the Sunday games and you're in the UK, we'll be on live uh, with Neil Reynolds and company all throughout Sunday, so we're really excited about that. Also be at Piccadilly uh, Square on Saturday if you want to come out and Is it Square it. or Circus? Circus, anybody? Circus. Circus. Uh, big Our event. presence will be TBD. And <laughs> big event. Uh, we're going to be doing stuff on a stage. Or we'll, be, uh, we'll be at a theater uh, doing a show and taking questions. It's going to be a big weekend for the Around the NFL podcast. Let's get into week one. Uh, let's start in Baltimore, a uh, one-time team of around the NFL nominee, uh, Chris Wrestling. <laughs> so we're going to start with him. Uh, the Ravens, after what I um, viewed as a very optimistic offseason where people liked their draft class, everybody liked what you heard about Joe Flacco. Um, uh, they're, they're a buzzy team a little bit in the AFC. They open up at home against the Bills, who will be starting Nathan Peterman doesn't feel like a bad way to start your season if you're Baltimore. Feels like a great way to start your season if you own the Ravens' fantasy defense. I love this matchup for them. Uh, their defense and special teams were excellent last year. The same personnel is really back this year. Um, and I look for I, – I couldn't even lock this game up. I thought the matchup was too lopsided. Unlike you, I'm sitting two feet away from an Erica Tamposi-sized uh, bottle of – I guess it would be Cabernet – um, I do like this matchup to such a degree that I'm going to come in quietly here and I'm locking this up. I don't need to be loud and shout. I'm just going to roll to a nice 16-0 lockup title as I promised I would, locking up the Ravens, Keep sit down. Keep picking the team that plays the Bills. I am going to pick every opponent that plays the Bills all season and just roll. To no one cares how it happened. I will simply win. So we're, we're okay with taking tomato cans and cupcakes this year? Mark is. 
Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, the rest of us will take the segment seriously. Uh, LaShawn McCoy versus the Stout Ravens defense. Um, he is playing in this game, by the way. I think that uh, that is a little bit of a surprise, isn't it? Because uh, with his offseason um, situation going on, there was a, there was the thought that maybe he could end up missing games, and perhaps he still might, but he's here for the beginning of the year. He he gives them a chance, that, like, but you, you don't know what you're going to get out of their offensive line, which has three new starters, which looked terrible in the preseason. Nathan Peterman did move the ball in the preseason. The, the Ravens are one of the only teams that, like, got – a significant amount of snaps for their starters in the preseason. I don't know if that's going to make a difference in this game because if this game is played last year, e even with some of the new additions the Ravens offense has played, like you would not expect the Ravens to score many points in this game regardless. As, as bad as we don't like the Bills, and I think they are the biggest underdogs of the week by far, they're like you know two-score underdogs, like it, it wouldn't be that surprising if this is just an ugly game that Nathan Peterman – has a chance to win at the end and then just does, doesn't. Or people people sleep on the Ravens' offensive improvement down the stretch last year. I think they averaged about 25 points a game in the second half of the season. Let's move on. The Pittsburgh Steelers uh, are opening their season on the road against the Cleveland Browns' Mark Sessler. This is uh, the Browns who are looking now for their first win uh, in a long time. Of course, 0-16 last year. A lot of positive vibes around the team. And this feels like the right time to get the Steelers, who uh, appear that they won't have Le'Veon Bell, who's in a bitter contract dispute. Yeah, I mean, we've been asked, you know, as we go around the media rounds all week about this matchup's come up a lot because of the Browns fanship by me. And I will say that I think if you're Hugh Jackson, you simply cannot get off on this season to an ugly, ugly start. You have a really rugged schedule out of the gate. And the big issue with most every Browns coach outside of Mike Pettin in 2014 is that since 2010, no other Browns coach has beaten the Steelers. Big Ben is 20-2 and two against the Browns. That is, that is, in the NFL, downright embarrassing. That is utterly embarrassing. And the record against Pittsburgh since they've come back in 1999 is absurd. That said, no other Browns team on paper has had this kind of talent with Lev Bell out of the mix and, you know, legitimate discord inside the locker room towards him. This is your one opportunity to take out Pittsburgh. If you do not do it here at home, I don't know what sort of start you can expect Cleveland to get off to, and there could be problems down the stretch. People like the Browns. People are picking the Browns. What do, what do you make, make of you that, feel? though? Because you're big on the desert scenario. I mean, there it does seem a little crazy to me. Yeah, that there's people a lot, are jumping of, on a lot of people are taking the Browns this week. I don't know. They've just turned into a public team for, well, for whatever reason right now. People are riding it. And this matchup, like this is a game they should be able to score points. How about this? You didn't like my lock? I'll switch it up. What? I'll lock this team up. The Browns? The Browns. They're going to win this game. Wow. I think. Whoa. At the Oval, a shocking move, locking up the Browns to end the 16-game losing streak. Well, I was basically trolling the Ravens. I had that planned all along. Just, just as a terrific play was made by uh, the man manning Cal Corner out there on the field. He's doing a nice <laughs> job out there today. Mark Cal just goes Corner. wild. England's up 27 nothing, which I feel like in any sport is an ass-whooping. Yeah, it is. Is it in this it's got to be. India's like, well, this doesn't matter. We're right. Just, I think India is like, with the Atlanta Falcons. You know what oh, I'm saying? Oh. <laughs> All right. Let's move on. I do. The rest of us have the Steelers in that game, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. I'm taking the Steelers, even though they have a history of laying an egg on the road in one o'clock games against mediocre competition. Mm, good call. We crack on.
<laughs> little parlance. Dan's little. accent, you know, the accents around the, the table have really been up improving throughout the We week. crack on, and uh, we head to ooh, listen to this applause. Very polite applause. Erica just got. Uh, <laughs> extremely polite uh, applause after what I imagine was a smashing play. Um, <laughs> or Andrew <not>. Luck <laughs> is back. My goodness, in a game that counts, and that's exciting. First game since 2016. He opens up at home against the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, Greg Rosenthal, a team that could give Andrew Luck, tr- Andrew, Andrew Luck trouble, a good defense, and Luck maybe a little uh, rusty, you can imagine he will be. We've seen so little. What? <laughs> <laughs> I just heard a commotion in the crowd, and I was like, what's going that on? That was so a I fantastic was, introduction. No, I, I was, was not even listening think, to myself. I think Back was, to you. <laughs> I think that was great analysis on Andrew Luck's season. I don't really have uh, I actually don't even add. know what I said. <laughs> I, I'm excited. Like, he is – like the, the games I'm most looking forward to this weekend are the ones with the biggest mystery in terms of just like what you're going to see and watching Andrew Luck play 65 plays that actually count. I think it's going to tell us so much and I've been waiting to watch him play. And to me, the preseason struggles he have, I don't take too much away. This is a defense that is fine, but I don't think is a shutdown defense by any means. If anything, I just don't really expect like the Colts defense to be able to get many stuff. I'd like to see carryover because for all this, like, oh, Sean McVay is so smart. He didn't play anyone in August. Look at this new innovation. I mean, the Bengals did play their starters quite a bit. Andrew Luck did play. I thought for the middle game that he played in August that was not so great, he, couch- he sandwiched that with two stellar performances where we saw versions of Andrew Luck that makes you think of where he was before. The Bengals' offense looked new. They looked fast, and I want to see that continue for both teams. This is sneaky, one of the better games in the AFC, although normally you look at this and say, snooze fest, it is not. Well, like the majority of Andrew Luck's career, the deck is stacked against him in this game. I, I think his left tackle, Anthony Costanzo, is not practicing this week. The Bengals' defensive line is the best position group on that team, and they could be dominant in this game. Yeah, I want to see like Tyler Eifert is playing football now. John Ross is playing football now for the Bengals. Like it's a different Bengals offense than we saw for a year. The first game in 616 days uh, for Andrew Luck. Let's move on. The Tennessee Titans and Miami Dolphins open their season, uh, and this is the first game for head coach Mike Vrabel and Marcus Mariota. It is Chris Wessling. Perhaps a make-or-break season, isn't it? Yeah, I think that's fair. And Greg says he likes games with mystery. We don't know what the Titans' offense is going to be with Matt LaFleur. LaFleur. We've seen a really (laughs) – we've seen a pretty boring Dolphins offense for the past couple of years, but now Albert Wilson is telling us that this this team's going to shock some people on offense. Albert's never said a lie. I need that again. You need it again, Mark? I need it again. LaFleur. Wait, but Wait, so something's going on on the field. There is, there's a bunch of men running some, on the field. There's some raucous uprising. There's a groundskeeper. There's some stretching. Everyone's wearing the same uniform. This is the, the loudest reaction we've gotten from the crowd. Three groundsmen coming out. <laughs> it's apparently a divot being fixed in the dirt. The crowd this goes is, wild. Yes, this, this is, is the real game. Sport. Wait, can you do start chants? Let's do one. Fill that divot. Fill <laughs> that, that divot. divot. Fill that. Okay. It's catching on. Wouldn't you say it's also a make-or-break year for Ryan Tannehill? 
has yeah, to be, right? considering I mean, for both these quarterbacks on some level. Considering all the talk leading up to the draft that the Dolphins were thinking about going for a quarterback in the first round, I think that's that's legitimate. This is the most under the radar game of the week. They're throwing like the CBS seven set number seven team on this, like the, the crew that gets like three assignments all year is and getting just, this one. And back to Mariota, just to contextualize how disappointing his year was last year. And this is a team that actually won a playoff game, and he and he did play well. Uh, made some plays against the Chiefs, but last year he finished last in yards per attempt, passing yards per game, passing touchdowns, interceptions, passer rating. Um, he needs to be a better player for Tennessee to be convinced that he's the guy they thought he was when they drafted him uh, early in the first round. Dolphins are a team that should struggle on defense, that should struggle to stop the run, and I think the Titans' running game, they don't have Jack Conklin back for a little while, so their offensive line's not totally set, but they're a team that should be a great running team and i think that's the way mike Vrabel wants to do it let's move on and talk a little jimmy g it is time jimmy garoppolo uh who Ooh. won five straight. he's just feeling it back there Ow! paramore is in the house she's doing a little dance a little antoine walker shimmy when she heard jimmy g's name she just gets excited jimmy g uh who some of, course of that fabricated won five no. straight games uh with the niners to close out last season but they still went six and ten here they have a chance to make Ooh, you know I love him, Greg. A huge statement in week one in Minnesota. Uh, Mark Sessler, the Vikings are the favorites in this game, but do you give San Francisco a shot? I do. I love this matchup for a lot for basically the offseason narrative of Jimmy G and the Niners are just going to play the role of, you know, upsetting the apple cart in the NFC role and potentially roll into the wild card round. But now Jimmy G, after winning five straight last season, you put him up against a defense that on paper looks like a Super Bowl-level defense. You got the Kirk Cousins things going on. It's the perfect test for Jimmy G in week one versus putting him up against some sort of tin can that he can kick with his foot 40 feet across the field. <laughs> <laughs> I think the Vikings' defense is a lot better at home, too. This is one of the better home field advantages in the league. I, to me, this is as much as I like Jimmy G, this would be a major upset if the 49ers went in there and won this game. This is, by the way, the 49ers-Vikings game is the early game on Sky Sports today. Um, who, is, who is the kind of player you're most excited to see in this game? I want to see Dalvin Cook on the field uh, in games that count again. He was a favorite or looking like a potential favorite for Offensive Rookie of the Year before he tore his ACL. You got Kirk Cousins in his first game. Unfortunately, we won't get Jar Jarek McKinnon in his first game after he tore his ACL. Uh, but it's going to be – there's a lot of fun subplots in this game. This would be one of the games I'm most excited to watch. George Iloka. That's, that's, Iloka. That's who we're looking like forward to watching. Backup watch. safety. <laughs> Vikings. No, just kidding. Kirk Cousins, of course. I think everybody's going to be paying attention to how he does after getting paid. I like a little George Kittle. He also seemed – Cousins seemed like so – over the top after like his one bad preseason game and that's kind of how Kirk Cousins is all the time so I don't put too much into it but it has to be on his mind taking over a new team and everything that's going on with him like it's he does not feel comfortable yet here's the this is the recipe that the Vikings thought they were going for in terms of taking this thing and finally winning a Super Bowl, you have now what you believe to be an upgrade at quarterback and Kirk Cousins. He's the first guy to ever change teams after a 4,000-yard season. He's in his prime. He's supposed to make the offense better. The Vikings held 12 of their 16 opponents last year under 20 points. This is, team is, a, is built, if things go right, to blow teams out. So will they take care of business against San Francisco? I mean, it's almost we disappointing if they don't 
go to the Super Bowl, and it um, puts Kirk Cousins in a bit of an odd position on some level. The Cowboys-Panthers, by the way, is the late afternoon game uh, on Sky Sports uh, this weekend. We are Speaking of Sky Sports, we were there on um, Wednesday. Wednesday. Uh, and it was we did a, a ton of media-related uh, things on I'm Wednesday. I'm a brag. I guess uh, <laughs> uh, we started at the NFL UK office where we did a round of interviews, press interviews. Um, I did a 14 second spot on Good Morning Football. Uh, one, one of the press <laughs> interviews, uh, you know, these are journalists, journos coming in and sitting in a conference room and asking us like over and over and over again. Dan, what do you think of Sam Darnold? Strangely, uh, guys, is Aaron Rodgers overpaid? It popped up a lot, and now some of these interviews are showing up in the local dailies. Uh, what was the <laughs> Greg? What was there? They used a, a choice line, uh, uh, something that I don't even remember saying about Tom Brady. That now I'm quoted in an English <laughs> paper of record that yeah, Tom they, Brady they, is about to collapse. They asked like, "What superstar is gonna fall off a cliff?" And you said, "Well, you gotta mention t- t- Tom Brady, right? I guess." <laughs> so that is now on record. So I guess I'm now back in on the hashtag gradual decline. Uh, just because of the British uh, newspaper. And there's also a a poll quote that they enlarged where it says London NFL team is in the pipeline. It's no pipe dream. Did we say that? that? I I don't know. I guess it's a lesson for us. I'm not sure why we're learning this now that when (laughs) journos have microphones burning and we're on the record and we say something that it is recorded. Well, that one, I probably said that because earlier that morning, Mark and I went and saw, you know, the minister of sport. Uh, and she now that's a humble brag. Yeah, and then you know, we took a little tour. We you were really impressed by the the toiletry. At well, the place. not that it was so essentially. I feel like we've uh, you know got to discuss this. There was a, a very ornate room, uh, incredible wallpaper. It looked like something out of a Stanley Kubrick film to some degree, <laughs> but a panel of walling that they open up, and inside of it just a toilet. And who is allowed to use that toilet? Only one person on the entire planet. Who is that person? It is the queen. No one else goes mm. to the bathroom on that toilet but the queen, and we saw it. That's amazing. She has her own. No one else in the world can use it. I mean, I l- I'm in a hotel room right now where I'm the only person using my <laughs> toilet, too, but it's a little bit different. <laughs> but when we when we were there, the the minister, uh, Tracy, uh, Tracy, right? I should Crouch, be getting this right. Tracy, Tracy Crouch. Crouch. She, she was rather confident about getting a she team was. in a Super Bowl here. And that's her Greg's job. Greg's annoyed that I didn't stay on point there. That's her job to, to be. No, I, I set you up. I wanted Greg, to, the crowd is in full murmur. Something's yeah. going on. I wanted to hear about that dirty throne that, uh, that the queen left behind. <laughs> no, it was pristine. I don't think she's been there in a while. This has gone off the rails. <laughs> uh, later happened? we went to uh, uh, Sky Sports and, they, <laughs> and we hung out with Neil Reynolds. We were never being allowed back. Like <laughs> just just Henry hearing us talk about cricket is going to cancel any possibility of making this trip ever uh, again. And Mace and the whole crew over there. Uh, we had a lot of fun. They split us up for some of these uh, media engagements and it was just done at random, I think. But for whatever reason, Mark and I were uh, sent to their part of the Sky Sports giant complex. I've never seen anything like it. That was we thought we were going to do some regular you know, sit down in their sports department. Turns out we're getting mic'd up when we look around. It's a very, like, heavy, serious room. Yes, yeah, somber. And uh, somber is a good word to describe it. And there's this big set in the middle of the newsroom uh, that me and Mark all of a sudden go on. And we sit down, and two very highly 
polished looking uh, anchors saddle up next to us. And it's at that point, Mark, that we realize that this is not some like fun sit down to talk, to shoot, shoot, shoot the ass about American football, but yet an indictment or a ma massive questioning of the entire sport. Yes. And uh, <laughs> I mean, the way it played out, I, you know, normally you want to get into the headspace of I'm ready for this. I'm going to handle this. All I can think is like, I'm, si I'm in sixth grade. I have no idea what I'm doing sitting in this chair. <laughs> uh, I have no <laughs> idea what to say. And then suddenly we get through this thing. And D Dan's final comment at one point that the, that both anchors are like swirling their hands, just saying, please get done. Please get done. Please, please, Dan, please, just hurry, please finish hurry. your, finish your comment. That's we're just about to go off. Yeah. So like they rush us off stage and we go upstairs and like Wes and, Wes and Greg are like floated out on a couch with like legs over the cushions, like having this like breezy conversation about fantasy football, just having a great time. Everyone's sitting around drinking coffee and champagne. Oh, look at these two. They're just so great on air. Their careers are on fire. And it's like, yeah, when we were sitting at our like hardcore news interview for the CNN uh, equivalent in uh, the UK, they're like, but does Colin Kaepernick deserve to play football? <laughs> and then we walk back and we're like, hamana, hamana, hamana. And then we walk downstairs and like there's this woman lounging on like a chaise couch with the boys. And they're like, isn't fantasy football just the best? Wes is like, I, I'm not sure I really play myself, but I have so much to say. I'm in such a relaxed mood. Like Mark and I are sweating. Like, our clothes. This Wondering is how, if this is not how I remember that. This is exactly how it was. Well, you can you can find Wes and I's leisurely appearance on Facebook Live, and uh, you can never see what Dan and Mark well, did again. Well, you can watch said, it. You okay, can watch let's it. import that and embargo it and send it to NFL.com. Do not, because what we said at the end, probably they would not like it all. You can watch our experience from Sky Sports on NFL.com and Twitter. But I would say uh, just to focus on the Greg and Wes adventure. Please. And not <laughs> our Please. Horrific ordeal. You also, to your credit, you both rebounded separately later. We taped uh, a preview show for Sky Sports Inside the Huddle with Neil Reynolds, which I believe is also a podcast. And like you, you wiped off the flop sweat, and you and you did a great job. That like, was in that show. That was enjoyable. We were with our friend, and that felt like we're back in our zone. The first thing was a bit traumatic. Sorry. Colin Kaepernick, <laughs> electric chair. Hamana hamana hamana. Um, the Houston Texans, ooh, one of the big, um, you know, <laughs> I'm still thinking about that interview. <laughs> Must have been harrowing. It was harrowing, Wes. The Texans, so they have a high ceiling, they have a low floor, and they have what I imagine to be, or I feel is a almost impossible matchup to go uh, into Gillette against the Patriots. The Patriots still stinging Greg from that embarrassing Super Bowl loss. Just couldn't get off the field on defense. Bill Belichick tarnished his legacy with the Malcolm Butler benching. Just a lot of great stuff. Uh, Tom Brady couldn't catch a ball. A lot of good stuff at that game. Uh, but now it's a new start, and they're going to take it out on the Texans, who they always seem uh, to handle in their building. Well, except last year when the you know, Texans kind of went up and down the field on them and Deshaun Watson gave them all sorts of problems. And they it seems like a team you do not want to play in week one because you have no idea what the Texans are going to throw at you. And I would expect them to score a lot of points on the Patriots. I, I don't see this as some game that is unwinnable for Houston. That was the game against the Patriots last year that had me, I, I feel like I uttered it once or twice uh, incorrectly, on the podcast last year that the Texans were the team that would scare me if I was New England in the AFC playoffs because they were so bizarre 
and you have no offensive line, and yet it did not matter at all. And this is the team that we've talked about, a bit of a boom or bust based on the health and what version we get of J.J. Watt, what version we get of Deshaun Watson, if the line can do anything to stop a defense. It's amazing how seasons turn like that because it was not unreasonable after that game to say that the Texans will give the Patriots problems. It was the game where you said Deshaun Watson's for real. It was the game where you knew that the Patriots had serious issues on defense. And I'm not sure if those issues are really fixed. We saw a slightly better pass rush in the preseason, but I don't know if that's going to hold it's over. It's a much the better looking roster. I think the Patriots are just going to be so different that I don't think. I mean, I'm sure Bill Belichick's smarting from losing that Super Bowl, but to me, this team. What is, about having his legacy is, tarnished? Is so dancer. totally different. I mean, you know, he, tough six. He's, he's five and three <laughs> in the Super Bowl. He'll survive. Uh, and although, because I forgot, I like that we're in preview season again because football's back. That's fun. I, I did forget when I set Greg up on a Patriots game, he immediately explains why the Patriots are really up against it this we're year. We're back. Mean, uh, we're hey, back. Me, uh, my point it was 36-33 last year, yes. and there's no J.J. Watt. They we're were back in our zone. 0-4 against the Patriots that's since fair. taking over. That's all my point. You're right, though. I, I didn't remember that, how well they played on in, in the so year before, be. in, the, in the playoffs. But you don't know what the Texans' defense is going to be. You don't know how – ready clowny is for the season i mean that's something watching thursday night football why it was bad because everyone was dog tired after 30 plays and it was just like which which team can make plays while they're insanely tired it's a different week than than any other week but if watt and clowny actually can play the whole game and and they're doing their thing it, it could be a problem one note looking at the accuweather uh update it is meant to be 67 AccuWeather, degrees AccuWeather, with part, AccuWeather. partly sunny skies at Gillette Stadium on Sunday. Now there's just a bunch of dudes wearing white standing on the field. And there are 25,000 people in active conversation while these guys are just chilling out. Well, people are getting Yeah, it. I think it's sort of everyone's sort of fooling employers and fooling everything. I don't know I don't know what the what the overall game plan it's is. It's just here. like an inning change in baseball, right? It's yeah, it's 2 hours of play though, and then after those 2 hours, the two teams do have a 45-minute lunch which they together. Eat, eat together. Which is not which a joke. Is kind of the moment where, as Americans, we just don't really understand what's happening. There's a tea break later too. Henry's like tisk tisk. <laughs> Please enjoy my sport. <laughs> I'm enjoying it, Henry. I'm loving it. I just it. don't get it. Uh, moving on, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, are heading to the Superdome to play the Saints. Uh, the Bucks will be without Jameis Winston, who begins his suspension for off-the-field malfeasance, smashing. Uh, and now the Saints get a chance to take the next step after their heartbreaking loss in the divisional playoffs uh, on the Miracle in the Midi uh, Minneapolis. Uh, Alvin Kamara starts the season without Mark Ingram there um, as their top running back, Mark Sessler. Your thoughts on this game? I mean, if you're the Saints, you have to believe internally that you have one of the most complete teams in the NFC, the entire NFL, and this is the team, the Bucks, that – I think the Bucks probably will be better than some believe. When Something's they, happening, Mark. Hang I on. don't know. You're right. There is an uproar suddenly. Dan putting the mic through the window to get a little bit of ambient crowd noise. <laughs> is the chef? But nothing's happening. Is the chef no longer cooking? Is he not up anymore? Alistair Cook? I mean, Greg, you can't honestly be asking us for tangible updates. His about final this game. friendly, not friendly, his final, what is this called? Test. 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 Before he ends what is a illustrious uh, career of the chef. Retiring at age mm. 32. Interesting. Sorry, Mark. Go on. 
No, no problem. I think actually what you did was uh, probably more critical than what I was about to say about this game. But uh, the Saints very complete, and if you don't handle your business here oh, in New Orleans, how's that? How's that? How's that? How's that? How's that? I every Back year there's a, every year there's a shocking upset in Week One where it makes you think differently about a team, and I wonder if Tampa Bay's defensive mm. line front seven will have a chance to push around the Saints because the Saints offensive line was one of the best in the league last year. But this is a revamped front seven for the Bucks with Jason Pierre-Paul, Vita Vea. They, they look pretty stacked on that line. They this is one worst. offense that looked great in the preseason. If anyone cares. I know nobody does. We've been through this before. The Bucks had the worst <laughs> pass defense. Not, yeah, not really. Um, last year. But <laughs> if their front seven is much improved, everything flows in a better direction. If and you they, they always play the Saints well. They beat the Saints in a game the Saints desperately wanted to win in week 17. I, I've never heard about that game before. <laughs> I, but this, all, this also would be like the worst. This, we've also talked about this season too much. This always happens every week. One preview is that we've, we're kind of run out of things to say right. about these teams. But it's kind of steroids because need we're more data. Like how many times have you guys heard someone ask me to explain my thoughts on Sam Darnold and the optimism around I mean, the New York Jets? I mean, roughly 450 <laughs> times in the past four days. Uh, let's move on to Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, London's uh, preferred franchise, kind of, maybe. Uh, open their season at the Meadowlands against the New York Giants. The Giants coming off that disastrous 3-13, and but they have a new uh, head coach and a new running back in Sa Saquon Barkley who missed a lot of the preseason with a hamstring, uh, hamstring issue, West, but now he gets to face off against one of the league's top defenses. That's a fun matchup to watch. It is, and you joked about this being London's team, the Jaguars, but that's been one of the things I've noticed this week. Even though so many people here have disparate rooting interests, the coverage of the Jaguars is certainly headlining the NFL here that they do feel like the home team for London and and there's going to be a lot of people interested in this game here I think to borrow Greg's phrase on on the mystery the Giants to me may be the biggest mystery in the league mm. how much Saquon Barkley and that offensive line improvement will breathe new life into Eli's career getting Odell Beckham back and then the defense an entirely new scheme a new coordinator Guys like Jason Pierre-Paul are gone. What's this defense going to be like? People are into the Jaguars. I think they're a lot of people's second favorite team. And, you know, an American view is like, oh, how could you have a second favorite team? It's like, well, to be a fan here, you came upon your team in a strange way. We have we've, we probably said it the other night, but, like, there's no casual fans here. I, you know, I, I had the experience last night of kind of having that U.K. fan experience, which the game was delayed 40 minutes, which didn't help. But the game started at 2 uh, it ended at five. I, you know, I tweet was tweeting about it and there's 60, 70 British people staying up to watch a game of two teams that they don't even follow. So they'll like one team that that's their team, but they'll also kind of root on other teams. They just like the sport, I think, as a whole. And I think that kind of allows them to just root on the Jaguars because what's good for the Jaguars in theory is kind of good for London football. And they play this defensive style. And I think they're a terrible matchup for the Giants in week one, even though I think it'll be a much better Giants defense offense this year. Like this is a rough way to start. Uh, Greg, it was really solid analysis, uh, but I have to say, mm. uh, I, you know, I'm kind of, I like that the Giants on some level, they're not my team, but they're New York team. So I, I don't mind when they succeed. And uh, also I like Eli Manning uh, starting over 
with the new coaching staff and with Odell Beckham and Saquon Barkley and Sterling Shepard. Is, and is Evan he Ingram and Uh-oh. an improved defense? There's a murder and a in the rocking crowd. Meadowlands. Wait a minute, and a Jaguars team that still thinks Blake Bortles is the answer. Uh-oh. And for all those reasons and so many more, hey London, I'm gonna lock it up. <laughs> lock it up, G-Man. Oh, in one. That's going out on a limb. That just blew out Erica's ears, and all twenty-five thousand people just. <laughs> looked over at us they were just like please <laughs> stop interrupting all right let's uh keep no i believe it i think the Gi- giants are gonna win i, and I think do. they're gonna win 10 games so i gotta back it up i'm sorry eric are you okay yeah i'm good <laughs> eric was boozing a little bit last night stunner <laughs> that's not what happened it's her, her ear canal has just been destroyed by your chant yeah you like you didn't have a headache before that <laughs> moving on the kansas city chiefs 10 and 6 last season Uh, A really bitterly disappointing playoff loss to the Titans of all teams. Uh, So what do they do? They begin the future with Patrick Mahomes. They trade Alex Smith away. So it's Mahomes' debut as the starter against the Chargers. Greg, uh, who I know you uh, love to death. Well, how about this? At home against a rookie quarterback. Not a rookie quarterback, but a guy starting his uh, his first season as the starter. Why not get behind your team right now and say they're going to take care of business, not blow it and do it some stupid Chargers thing where they kick the game away or blow it at the end. Go win a football game here. I think they will. I I think week one is a time to be afraid of playing Andy Reid. I think there's a reason why he always wins games coming off a of bye week. It's a reason why the Patriots had no clue what was about to hit them in week one a year ago. Not that they've started every season like that, but just with that – Arsenal, I think they're going to end up cooking up a few plays that just catch the Chargers off balance. And overall, the Chiefs are just a better coach team, certainly offensively. I don't, I well, don't I mean, know about are we worried? Defense. Yeah, aren't we worried a little bit about the defense we here? We are. I think, I think this is a mismatch when the Chargers have the ball. Like this is the, I think this is my favorite game mm. to watch of the week. If this, this is going to be a game in the 30s. I don't care. It's week one. This has to be a start all your players' fantasy matchup that – the Chargers, to me, are the better team, and even if they take an early lead and you worry about Bosa and Ingram, then the Chiefs will just have to keep passing because we don't trust their defense. We don't trust that secondary, certainly. So if they have to play catch-up, this could be a, a fantasy boon. Andy Reid against Anthony Lynn. Yeah, I, I just got spooked a little bit. I am right now in sort of a late Diane Keaton uh, period where I'm wearing sunglasses, and I'm soon to have a large – top hat on me and just roam everywhere with that and i'll put a pantsuit on soon <laughs> big baggy like yeah pantsuit uh i could see that hey Maybe you're not that, that you're not getting that chief's chargers analysis anywhere else you know well it's like sometimes you just run out of things to say so you must come up with something else moving very on, quickly the washington redskins open their season uh against the arizona cardinals this game will be played in arizona mark Alex Smith making his Redskins debut. Cardinals have Sam Bradford at quarterback, at least from now. And David Johnson, welcome back to the uh, NFL after missing almost all of last year with that wrist injury. It's funny because we have been asked also multiple times like about all these players coming back, right? And it's obviously the quarterbacks get the attention, the Andrew Lux, the Aaron Rodgers, the Teddy Bridgewaters. But David Johnson seems to get lost in that conversation sometime. And it's easy because one year removed to forget how dominant he was, how much of a central figure he was in that offense. This, to me, you've got Adrian Peterson going against David Johnson. And what is what the Cardinals are another team that just simply has been a bit forgotten, I think, without a little bit lack of an identity post Bruce Arians. 
and they might be a team that I could wouldn't be surprised to see go seven and nine, eight and eight, and surprise some teams. Play a little bit of a spoiler. How about Adrian Peterson? Officially announced as the starter already. Already taken Rob Kelly's job. You're loving life. You, like it feels good to, that you've been on Adrian Peterson corner at least for a few more. Days. But now the game start. We got to see if, <laughs> if is he going to stay healthy and is he going to actually perform. But things. I mean, you were saying you were calling this West when he was without a job. So you're definitely he is now set up to prove people wrong. Yeah, you know, a couple of days before they signed him, Jay Gruden said Rob Kelly's our starter, and then Adrian Peterson got in there and basically blew the doors off. That he impressed them so much uh, in his short time there that they they knew obviously he was the better runner. Um, before we move on to the next game. Uh, any takeaways, Greg, from our live show on Tuesday from the Curtain Club? It was uh, a great experience. If you haven't checked it out, please check it out on uh, uh, the podcast. Also, we po- we posted some clips on our social media. After after the show, we had a meetup at another uh, establishment that went uh, past midnight. That was a lot of fun, too. Your thoughts, Greg? Just how much fun it was. I mean, and that I can't wait to do it again. And I'm glad that our first live show was in London. Like that felt like the right audience for us. They were so they were excited. I think we all had a blast. And I think it's something we're going to keep doing. Like and now now we showed the NFL that we can we can do this. And I think it's something that they don't know. We're I here. think we're going to be doing this during <laughs> the season. We have some hopes that could be happening um, in the States during the season. And like, let's fly. I think we were like thinking going in, like we were sitting up at a table upstairs on the sort of rooftop uh, bar slash diner area of this hotel thinking, you know what, we should have done some sort of dry run of a live show somewhere else. Because like, now we're about to do it. It's 10 minutes away, a little, little bit nervous. But then we rolled in and the energy of the crowd mm. was fantastic. I felt it was one of the most, I want to say easy shows to do, but enjoyable shows to do that we've ever done. And the minute we sat down in those chairs with that crowd, it just came naturally. The energy was there. I love sort of the interaction afterwards, too. The two things that almost every single person came up and said to me were, <clears throat> we all feel like your friends, that we're like the fifth member of the show, that, we, that we're sitting down with you guys when we listen to the podcast, which is great. Sorry, Tim. Posey. Great to hear. Or well, Colleen. yeah, Erica's friend, too, of course. Erica was a, well, a, a sort of a secret star member, of the night, I please. Guess. She also, knocked it out of the park. <clears throat> also, how, how many people have a grandpa or a sister or a brother or a son or somebody in their lives who went through cancer. And I heard that from a lot of people that they, that they really got a lot out of us talking about it on the show. That was a, a career highlight for me, a career highlight for all the guys. So to be able to experience that here with you guys uh, in the UK uh, that we're able to come out, uh, that was awesome. And if you did miss out on that, um, this week on Saturday, 12 p.m., we'll be on stage at Piccadilly Circus, the uh, big NFL mm. kickoff event. Also, uh, if you have tickets, we have two shows at the BAFTA Theater. Um, we have to check. I believe they- that's sold out, but uh, I'm sure the scalper market is intense. So <laughs> spare no expense because it will be an unforgettable show. We have to see if we can get our walk-up song because that's one part of the show that was not on the recorded podcast that I think was my personal favorite. Like ever since I was a little boy, it's basically been my dream to come out to a live show of some sort. I didn't have a sport to play, so it really took a while for this to come together. And hear the sounds of Pharaoh Monch, <laughs> get the fuck up. 
<laughs> and then jump onto the stage and just feel the energy from the crowd. And that the song was, is actually like Simon a, a, Says. Simon Says is the official name, but everyone knows the important part is in the parentheses. Ironically, and that was an episode of Greg Likes Rap. Ironically, <laughs> the song that I came out to was called F***ing in the Bushes. Sorry, Erica, a little post work by Oasis, which was a little nod uh, to the, the English people here. Mark, of course. I mean, how about no sorry, Erica, for the general language that you're unfurling in general to a room? I mean, the sailor's language is out of uh, control with the it. two of you. Go ahead. How, please. Is, well, Mark, please. Right. Shadow League figure angry behind me. I just heard a deep exhale. <laughs> Mark came out to Orinoco Flow. By He's like, Enya. let's not give Erica too much credit here, please. <laughs> no. Mark came out to f*** the world by Enya off her second <laughs> No, album. I did not. <laughs> and uh, Wes, a, a touching a song that... What you want to tell the audience? Well, wait, <laughs> did we talk about this on the show already? I can't remember. No. I, I believe that part was cut out. It's called Empty Me Out by Liz Vice. And it's I'm not a religious man. It's, it's a little bit about religion, a lot about religion. But when I was getting out of surgery last summer and completely dependent upon other people, Keisha's mom came and stayed with us, Rhoda. And I sort of taught her that song. She learned all the lyrics and she would sing it. You know, sort of at my bedside while she prayed for me. So it was a nice, was nice big callback for me. It was a little tough to follow that up with like dun 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 dun. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> get up. It worked. Dun 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 dun. Um, watch the best of the live show on Twitter on our various handles. You could you could get that. Let's move on. Get back to the games. The Dallas Cowboys, uh, nine and seven. Tough season last year, dealing with the uh, Zeke Elliott drama. Uh, they now travel to Charlotte to face the Panthers. Uh, Wes, uh, two young quarterbacks uh, that are sometimes inconsistent, Dak Prescott and Cam Newton square off here. Does Dak have the weapons to hang in a game like this? That's a good question. I don't think anybody knows the answer because this is a game where the two biggest question marks are the offensive line without starting center Travis Frederick for the Cowboys. Uh, and then the Panthers are just beat up all over on the offensive line. So is – is Ezekiel Elliott going to be able to establish the run? Um, are those wide receivers and tight ends good enough to keep Dak Prescott in a game with Cam Newton? I think those are legitimate questions. After an offseason of the, the Panthers' defensive line uh, repeatedly getting upset that they weren't ranked among the top ten uh, defensive lines by NFL.com and bringing this up repeatedly that no one uh, respects them, this is a nice spot to get something over on what, in theory, is one of the best offensive lines in the league, but probably isn't anymore because I if the rookie Connor Williams' uh, play in the preseason is any indication, they might have a couple weak spots right now, and we haven't seen that for a few years. Yeah, and if you take away – if suddenly the Cowboys' offensive line is not what it was and that was their entire identity, we brought that up on the show roughly 75,000 times, what is this <laughs> offense? I mean, if and you what, hold, are, what are the Cowboys? If you hold knows. Zeke Elliott under 100 yards, and this is – Reductive, but like, if you do that, do you feel like you're going to lose to the Cowboys if you can control Elliott and he is against a, a, a run defense that could stuff him this game? I don't know if Dak Prescott has been set up properly by his team to carry the day if he has to. So that's a big subplot here. I think he can have a great season. It's one of the reasons. I, week one is my favorite week because it's been the longest since you've seen football and. Because all of these conceptions that we have about the team are probably going to be blown up over the next month. You, you really don't know. It's 
it's one of the Bill Belichick cliches that I actually do believe that is every year is like a totally different year, and you might as well just throw away the one before it. All right, moving on. The so nihilist. <laughs> the Seattle Seahawks travel. To Everything Mount. must die in the end. Mile high to face the Denver Broncos, and uh, the Broncos have Case Keenum at quarterback. They're trying to turn things around after a rough 2017. But the question mark a lot of people are going to have here is how will the Seahawks defense look? No Richard Sherman, no Cam Chancellor, Michael Bennett, Cliff Avril, Sheldon Richardson. All history. It's a new beginning for the Seahawks and an uncertain one. Yeah, I mean, you, you can say that these two teams are both mystery teams. I feel every one of these teams that we're discussing are mystery teams. But Seattle is fascinating to me simply because they've had such an entrenched identity for so long, entirely maybe through the entire run of this podcast. And now we're looking at a Seahawks team that we are waiting to find out who they are. And a Broncos offense with Case Keenum, where Keenum to me, I mean – Listen, suddenly you're in an offense that I think is completely different in terms of talent level than the Vikings, but there are some young pieces here. I think Cortland Sutton is going to be one of the rookie of the year candidates if Case Keenum can get it done from a quarterback perspective. I am so high on this Broncos rookie class. I love watching games at Invesco Field. Mm. There's a little revenge factor here for Super Bowl 48. Something something cooking here. Now this is a lockup. <laughs> one of our uh that's a callback to one of our favorite running uh through lines of this week. Now this is London. So last night we were out with a bunch of uh friends, ourselves and other friends, and we probably did roughly four to five uh video skits of I mean I wish we could put Tamposi on the mic just to describe. Come on, Tamposi. Guys, I could, now this is London. <laughs> Uh, so we're we're gonna put together a sizzle reel of all of our uh, various videos, right? Now this is London. <laughs> That's the only thing Erica said. Erica, has, uh, she has she has eight words in her vocabulary. Seriously, you could say something else, right? Now this is London. <laughs> so she's mentally sick. So we got to get her help right after today's uh, cricket match, which is over in approximately six hours. Just another grand mystery to unpack. Boys, please identify with my sport. Cookie cookie with uh, 31 runs or whatever. What is it called? 31. It's 60 to nothing. It's 60 India, to nothing. India, wake up, bros. They're playing India, right? Correct. Yes. I don't know if India's batted yet. That's It's just what? like a slow pace. So you take turn. I don't. It is the dictionary awesome. definition of a slow burn sport. This is after 22.5 overs. Is Ooh, that what it says? Yeah, the chef is cooking. Come on, and chef. Do what you got to do, chef. You're uh, not going to like what you see. How about you Sha- locked up the Broncos? I'm taking the Broncos with the lockup. I like that. How about Shaquem Griffin starting the wow. first game what of his story. NFL career? I mean, I know it, it's because there's an injury to, to K.J. Wright is a primary reason, but he also looked like a player that absolutely belonged and could make an impact pretty early in his career. It's I mean, I agree with that, but also, Wes, you point out the rookie class. Bradley Chubb in the, in the, in the preseason looked – fantastic and they, what this defense can do from a pass rushing perspective that would concern me if I'm Russell Wilson I, I also think because of sh- what Shaquem Griffin's overcome it's almost overlooked uh that the that they're, these two brothers are on the same team not, right. not that that's not talked about that's, but that's very just Seahawks like, move. it's just like insane like it's insane that okay this is a new Seahawks defense and we've got the two Griffin you know brothers in the back doing it I mean it's great it makes me want to root for them I'm rooting against you this week Chris oh, Wesley. I can handle it. Uh, Seahawks to the playoffs. Yes, Dan. Are you a little annoyed that Chubb is not a 
Cleveland Brown? I mean, I'm annoyed about roughly 45,000 things. It's one of the things I'm annoyed about. <laughs> Moving on, Sunday night football. Uh, a great <laughs> rivalry game. It's a very honest take there. Uh, exactly right. <laughs> that's unvarnished truth from Mark Sessler. Uh, something happened with the chef. Oh, uh, no. I think they're all going to go have tea now. Um, the Bears and the Packers at Lambeau. Lambeau, nice job, uh, schedule makers. Fun uh, fun rivalry, great setting. But what they could not have planned at the time was that one of the best defensive players of the past decade would be traded to the road team. So Khalil Mack will make his debut on Sunday Night Football in front of Al, Chris, Michelle, and the world, Greg Rosenthal. It's amazing that in a game where Aaron Rodgers is returning that like I'm as almost as excited when the Bears have the ball. Like the Bear the Bears are the team of around the NFL. I don't want to hear any be people honking that we curse them if they go 5 and 11. They could go 5 and 11, but they'll be a more interesting 5 and 11 than John Fox. They probably they should be better with that defense, uh, but if anything they'll be watchable. Well, this is my favorite team of ATL because it's a team that could potentially deep six and I would enjoy the disaster <laughs> aspect of it what I love and we've talked about Mike Pettin being the new DC for the Packers is that you look at the quarterbacks that Mike Pettin had when he was with the Jets having to win those games all based on defense and then when he's with the Browns you're getting Johnny Manziel you're getting Josh McCown who is a nice player but please I mean he's never really had anyone now you have a Pettin defense paired with Aaron Rodgers this is one of the bigger factors in the NFC for all these teams that we call Super Bowl teams by the way India is no longer shut out they have scored um, I don't know if it's a run or a point something I know I'll get tweets about it that feels lopsided a little bit I think that's why the crowd got into it we, um, you know, uh, one of the biggest reminders that the preseason is meaningless is RG RG3's rookie year, the first game against the Saints, when Kyle Shanahan slow played the entire league throughout the preseason. And I wonder if there's going to be sort of shades of that with Nagy and Trubisky here in that mm. offense. They didn't they didn't tip their hand on anything in the preseason. Do we trust Trubisky to be an RG3 rookie of the year type player? Sure. I, I have we'll no idea out. what he's going to be. Uh, you know what? It, Let's let's find out. Uh, moving on to Monday Night Football, and as it is the ca as is the case every year, there are two uh, Monday Night games in Week One. We'll start with the New York Football Jets, uh, with Sam Darnold making his NFL NFL debut, the youngest Week One starting quarterback since the league merger. Maron. Uh, so it is a new era of Jet football, and they are uh, going into to Detroit to face uh, a Lions team that I imagine. Uh, with the Jets having no pass rush, a really promising secondary. But I worry about that pass rush and how uh, that will fare against Matthew Stafford and a really tr a great trio of receivers in Galladay, Marvin Jones, uh, and Golden Tate. I don't know if it played into the thinking of starting Darnold week one. I'm sure it, it didn't, but this is a perfect start for him. I think this is one of the teams that you can pass protect against. I think it's one of the teams that came out of the preseason with more questions than just about any defense of just they don't know who's going to play. And Matt Patricia, like 
Bill Belichick, I think, is just going to try to figure it out over the first month. And I think you might be happy to play the Lions, especially their defense in September compared to where they are later in the year. I think it's a game that Darnold can, can play well. Dan, we went to the Lego store yesterday, bought yeah, some Legos for our children. Humble and brag. we're going to be – it's not a humble brag. It's simply a purchase. Great so dads. we are going to be landing on Monday – Couple hours before Monday Night Football, are you going to roll into your house? Your kids are going to want to sit down and now build Legos with you and hug you and climb on you. Or are you going to lock onto this game? What does Dan the dad do in this situation? We're landing at halftime, and then we have to go through customs. So, Daddy's in trouble. Daddy's going to have the game <laughs> DVR'd. <with> no spoilers, <laughs> please, gentlemen. Uh, I don't know how it's going to play out uh, with balancing that. I'm assuming I'm not going to be alive by the time Monday afternoon rolls around. <laughs> so there's no sense planning that far ahead. Honestly. Like someone will take you out or... Dan Parrish so is just money. before a franchise quarterback lands in Florham Park. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So I, I could see it would be incredible if Donald got off to a fast start here. And it is it is not the worst matchup um, at all. Uh but the Lions should win this game, though. I mean, the Lions should take care of business against a, a middling to or worse Jets team with a rookie quarterback, uh, 21 years old. If the Lions do not take care of business, I'd be very worried in Detroit. Well, like the people in the desert think the Jets are the worst team in the league. Really? Yeah, really. Yes. I don't. Think in what way? In terms of over under wins, you're saying? Yes. Matt Patricia also making his debut, of course. So we'll see how that goes. Finally. Uh, the Los Angeles Rams, last year's team of around the NFL, traveled to the black hole uh, to face the Raiders. Uh, a traumatic week for Raiders fans after Cleo Mack was traded. Uh, but now there's a season that begins, and, and we'll see, um, Wes, how things go for the Raiders and Derek Carr and the beginning of the John Gruden era, a really stiff test in week one. Yeah, you know, we just talked about the Jets saying the people in Vegas think they could be the worst team in the league. I think maybe the only thing keeping the Raiders from that category is they have a veteran quarterback, and it's much easier to see a season going sideways for a team with a rookie quarterback uh, and not much surrounding talent. But the Raiders, to me, that defense was already terrible. Now you lose Khalil Mack. You do have some interesting rookies. And then the offense, all these plans you made for wide receivers are walking out the door, and what do you have left? I think the – the Raiders are a team that are easy to dismiss be because of Gruden. But one thing Gruden actually – you could, I mean, Look at that statement. Imagine saying that what? back in January. The Raiders <laughs> are easy to dismiss well, because of Gruden. Right, because of some of the moves that were made and just the way that he talks. But one thing Gruden was good at was, like, winning seven games. Like He was a – Wow, let's, put that on the Hall of Fame right, plaque. Right, let's play a lot of veterans. Let's play things very safe. Let's get rid of Area young man, players. almost Jeff Fisher. Right, like he played it so safe that he was always a 7-9 to nine win type of team. And I think there's not many huge reasons why the Raiders can't be that with a good offensive line, uh, with those rookie defensive linemen. I mean, they might have the best – group of rookie defensive linemen, you know, that we've seen in a little bit, that's if they can all come through. Good defenses don't play a bunch of rookie offense, that's defensive yeah. linemen. That's and fair. that said, I mean, this is a Rams team. I found this fascinating that we learned got in heavy to try to trade for Khalil Mack. They do that's need crazy. pass rush help, but can you imagine had they pulled that off? And they were not in the deep distance. It's just that they were, they were outbid to some degree. More proof, by the way, that I'm completely convinced that 
the Rams somehow through a loophole that the league or the media is not aware of do not operate under the salary. Well, cap. they actually have a better <laughs> salary cap situation than many other teams going into next season. How? You can well, push money know. into they, next year. You, could, yes. you know, you have a rookie quarterback on his rookie of, contract. Bill's going to come do something. You have a lot of minimum players that Wade Phillips coaches up to help, uh, like a guy like Troy Hill or whatever. That, that yeah, they're one of the youngest rosters minimum. in the league. They're a young team. And uh, despite them not playing in the preseason, I think they're going to be so well coached and so prepared that they take this one easily. And I'm going to lock that. Well, up. and it is—it's a student Whoa. versus mentor. You're locking it up. Locking up a road team. I like that, Greg. I mean, it's I, the Raiders may be the worst team in football. We're also out I'll, of games. So that. That's it. I'll <laughs> say this: that's it's a right. factor. This is a student mentor type thing. Gruden and McVeigh. I mean, they are essentially carbon copies of each other. Shout out to the London fans. This game begins at 3.15 a.m. And there will be people that we've met that are going to sit up and watch this thing. That's the difference between London and anywhere else. If you're overseas, you are pulling late night shifts. Then you're rolling up into your data entry job at 5 a.m. Two hours later with nothing, no sleep under your belt. Sit down. I've talked to some of these. I was so confused. Who is sitting down in this scenario? The data entry Who guy? The to company, the data entry company, has got all these yeah. employees that yeah. have gotten no sleep, That's and you're true. trying to get the entry. The data it's, entry You're not entry. getting any data. There was an NFL game last Thank night. You. We're dominating. Why are, why are profits dying on Mondays and Tuesday mornings? This is why. Friday mornings, too. It's part of the appeal here. <laughs> sort of like how Ameri- today. Sort of how Americans celebrate like St. Patrick's Day and Cinco de Mayo. When when there's an NFL game at 3:15 in the morning here, it's a bit of an event, and there's sort of a um, there's sort of a, a a perverse you're getting away with something feeling when you're up at 3:15 watching football and drinking beer, and everyone else has to go to work the next day. Cheating life. Uh, okay, there is our week one preview reminder. It's 12 p.m. We'll be on stage at Piccadilly Circus at the NFL kickoff event, and then two shows at the BAFTA. Uh, check out that secondary market and don't be afraid to spend, spend, spend. Uh, watch our experience from Sky Sports on NFL.com and Twitter. And here, a quick rundown of our Sunday at Sky Sports uh, for you locals 5 p.m. British and uh, pregame show 6 p.m. Niners Vikings will be involved with studio segments with Neil Reynolds, Rob Ryman, Rob Ryan, Solomon. Ooh, we had some beers with Rob Ryan the other day. He was fun to talk to. Uh, Sol- Solomon Wilcots and then. Uh, after the uh, Cowboys-Panthers game during that game, which is at 925 local, we'll be part of those studio segments during that game as well. And then, of course, because that is not something we, we take it very seriously, the definitive, the flagship uh, recap show every Sunday night will be up late grinding. Grind 30 is when we record the week one recap, which will go up live on Monday. So make sure you check that out. Thank you. Uh, to everyone for listening and we will now get back to our cricket match which has hours and hours to go it is 64 to 1 4 to 1 at 12:48 local time uh thanks for listening uh uh until then this is dan hansis signing off for the quiet storm the mailman the old boss and the loose cannon with her earbuds on on <laughs> till sunday
you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. I'm late. I'm late. Very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com at JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. 